morning cbf thank you abhishek for reading from ephesians and also for praying for me and thank you to everyone who kept me in prayer as i prepared as well you know it's generally the time of the year the first week of january or sometimes the last week of december where we make resolutions right we make new year resolutions i i got this message on one of the whatsapp fitness groups and it says avoid early morning walks until the 5th of january because a crowd of determined people who have made a resolution to stay fit are expected at that time but it continues and says the situation will be back to normal from the 6th of january so today is the 7th resolutions come and go um but in that light of making resolutions we've been hearing from or studying from Ephesians chapter 4 onwards of Paul calling for a walk that's worthy of our calling right so in light of keeping up with resolutions it would be good for us to in light of you know what we've been looking at Ephesians chapter 4 and the call to walk in a manner that's worthy of our calling it would be good for us to look back at what we've seen and to reaffirm our resolutions but bear in mind that our resolve to walk in a manner of manner that's worthy of our calling is far more important than our resolution to uh, stay fit to quit whatever we wanted to quit right so let's take a quick look at what we have been okay so uh, it, for the first three chapters of the book of ephesians paul is establishing who we are in christ and starting with chapter 4 he calls us to a walk that is worthy of our calling right and first it is a walk of christian unity this is a walk that is defined by humility gentleness patience and bearing with one another our walk is supposed to be one of holiness that is in the likeness of god are where we put off our old self and we put on our new self that is in the likeness of god our walk is supposed to be supposed to be one of truth not of falsehood our walk is supposed to be in love as children of god we are supposed to be imitators of god and just like christ loved the church and gave himself up for the church we are to walk in love and finally two weeks back we saw that we are to walk in the light we are not to have anything to do with the works of darkness but we are children of the light and we are to walk in the light today's passage uh, from ephesians 5:15 to 21 we are going to look at paul calling us to walk in wisdom and to live a spiritual life and before i begin may i just may i just um say that whatever our resolutions are right for this year whatever we look forward to may this be our prayer may this be your prayer and mine that we will strive to walk in a manner that's worthy of our calling as individuals as families and as a church throughout the three chapters of ephesians 4 5 and 6 paul is calling us to live a very distinguished life he's calling us to live a life that is very different from the rest of the world it is he is not calling us to live a life that is so similar to the world that there is no difference between those who know christ and those who don't no paul is calling us to live a very distinguished life so let that be our prayer for the year now as he does that he doesn't call us to live that way out of our own strength right uh, end of chapter 3 this is how he prays before he gets on to talking about what our walk looks like he prays for this reason I bow my knees before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named that according to the riches of his glory he may grant you 
to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith we don't walk in our own strength we do not become christ like because we are determined people but it is because we are strengthened with power through his spirit in our being it is because christ dwells in us that there can be transformation in our lives and we can walk in the manner that he has been describing it's not out of our own strength but because christ enables us so today we're going to look at verse 15 to 21 and in verse 15 onwards paul begins by urging the christians or urging the christians in ephesus to look carefully at their walk he says look carefully then how you walk not as unwise but as wise now the first thing that you will notice here is he's asking the ephesian believers to look carefully at your walk our christian life is not one that is passive it is not where we drift through life but paul calls us to look carefully at how we walk probs says probs 426 says watch the path of your feet and all your ways will be established when you are careful to watch your step you are less likely to stumble you know watch your step is a very basic instruction that we give to children you know watch your step watch where you're going and yet as a christian it is important and critical for us that we remember to watch our steps as we walk this christian life it is important for us to remember to watch our steps so paul says look carefully then how you walk now what's the purpose or what's the goal of watching our step what's the purpose of watching where we walk paul says so that you may walk as wise and not unwise right that's the second part of or um, yeah in verse 15 he says so that you may walk not as unwise but as wise now in order for us to know what is an unwise walk and what's a wise walk we must first understand what the bible defines as unwise and wise right generally we say that we call somebody as unwise if he is if he is making poor decisions in life if he's making bad life decisions we call that that man is unwise or foolish but that's not how the bible defines foolish to be psalm 14:1 says the fool says in his heart there is no god the fool says in his heart there is no god so foolish is somebody who lives in rejection of god and when you look around us today as it was in paul's day we are surrounded by those who reject god who reject godliness and god they make a mockery of sin but in in that place they make up their own rules and they live life as if there is no god right and not only do they live by their own um principles that they have set but they continue to mock sin and they also encourage others to live in that way live without god they will fight every person who comes stating that there is a god right they want to live with complete freedom with no restraints and according to the definition that the bible gives that is foolishness romans says this in uh, paul says in romans for although they knew god they did not honor him as god or give thanks to him but they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened now see verse 22 claiming to be wise they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal god for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things 
claiming to be wise, they became fools. And as you continue the same chapter in Romans, uh, Romans chapter 1, you will see what becomes of the people who have rejected God and accepted things that have been made, my, made by man. Foolishness is to deny God and it is to reject godliness. Proverbs 1 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. So a fool denies God and he despises the wisdom of God. But a wise man acknowledges God and he lives by the divine principles that God has set for him. Proverbs 2.6 says, Proverbs 2.6 says, For the Lord gives wisdom, from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. God is the source of wisdom and outside of God there is no wisdom that we can there is no wisdom, right? So Paul is saying, watch carefully then so that you will walk as wise and not as unwise. Now in verse 15, there is, he says, look carefully then. And in some of your versions, it might say, therefore, look carefully as to how you walk, right? And for that, we go to one verse in the previous passage because we want to see how, why he says, therefore. Um, and the last verse of the previous passage which is verse 14 the second half says awake O sleeper and arise from the dead and Christ will shine on you today we read from Ephesians 2 uh, Charles Stein read of how we were dead in our trespasses we were following the course of this world but then this is how we became a believer awake O sleeper and arise from the dead and Christ will shine on you we are no longer dead we were dead in our trespasses but we are no longer dead now we are no longer sleeping, but we are alive in Christ and Christ has shone upon us. So Paul is saying, that is who you are. You are alive now. You are no longer dead. Christ has shone on you. This is your reality as a Christian. So live it. Live your life as the one who has Christ in you. Live as wise and not as unwise. Now, um, and if you see in chapter 1 also, this is how he prays. Uh, chapter 1 verse 17 to 19. Paul prays that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the working of his great might. So what have we received? We have received the spirit of wisdom and revelation. The eyes of our hearts have been opened and we know what is the hope to which we have been called. We know what is the glorious inheritance that God has in his saints, in the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe. So Paul is saying, you have that. Now live as those who are wise. Therefore, live as wise and not as unwise. <clears throat> this is the same reason why we can walk in all the ways that we have seen from chapter 4 onwards. It is because Christ dwells in us. Because we are no longer dead, but we have been made, in, made alive in Christ and he, shine, he has shone on us. So a wise Christian then not only acknowledges God, not only desires after godliness, but he watches his step carefully so that he may keep away from the temptations that Satan brings about in order that he might walk as wise and not as unwise. Paul continues in verse 16 and he says, 
making the best use of time because the days are evil making the best use of time because the days are evil now two things that we can get over here when he says make the best use of time because the days are evil one is that our time is limited right the writer to the hebrew says this in chapter 12 let us run with endurance the race that is set before us our life is drawn as a parallel to a race there is a beginning there is an end god in his sovereignty has decided determined the length of our days paul reiterates this when he speaks to timothy in second timothy chapter 4 he says i have fought the good fight i have finished the race i have kept the faith right our life is drawn as a parallel to a race with a beginning and an end so our time is limited and paul says that we ought to make the best use of the time that we have and in different versions it might say by um redeem the time that you have by the opportunity grab the opportunity we are supposed to as we live our lives as we live our christian lives um we are supposed to make use of every opportunity that comes and you know you can apply this to various parts of our lives we are we are called to grab the opportunity to read and to study the word of god we are called to grab the opportunity to worship god in every circumstance maybe on an individual personal basis or on uh, on on a sunday when we come together to worship we are asked to grab these opportunities to worship god we are called to grab opportunities to do good to others we are going to see how the days are evil right and not everyone looks to do good so christians are called to grab opportunities to do good to others we are called to grab opportunities to love others to show the love of christ to others and share the gospel husbands and fathers if we live passive lives we are called and reminded that we ought to live active lives you have to take the opportunity so that our houses our, our homes are built up in the knowledge in the love and fear of our lord jesus you know as husbands we are given the role of a leader and so we will be accountable for what happens in the home so paul is saying grab that opportunity make use of the time that you have it is limited now making use of our time involves us to also find out where our time is being spent and unfortunately in today's day and age a lot of our time gets spent in media and devices right so for us to know then how is what is the best use of time that we can make we also have to see where our time goes right this is a very uncomfortable thing but when it comes to devices you know all of our phones now show how much time we spend on our apps right so although it is uncomfortable it's a good thing to see where our time goes when i did it the first time and i saw the things that i spent time on or the apps i really couldn't believe it i thought there was something wrong so i put a timer for like 30 minutes to see when the timer would run out and in what seemed like 5 minutes the timer ran out right it's 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 uncomfortable to see that that's the amount of time that we spend on various things but if you and i want to make the best use of the time to grab every opportunity then one of the things that we ought to do is also find out where our time is being spent so paul says let's not waste time let's not waste the limited time on things that are not going to matter in the end no make the best use of the time but not only is time limited paul says the days are evil paul says look carefully then how you walk not as unwise but as wise making the best use of time because the days are evil now we already saw how a foolish man who denies god um we are surrounded by foolish men who deny god and godliness 
So a natural outcome of having foolish men is that there would be evil, right? Look at Paul describing the godliness in the last days in 2 Timothy chapter 3. He says, but understand this, that in the last days there will come times of difficulty. For people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving God, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness but denying its power. We don't need a better description of what ungodliness looks like than what Paul describes over here. And so it's no surprise that Paul says the days are evil. So in the, and, and, and so Paul says, time is limited, the days are evil, you have to make the best use of the time that you get. So in the theme of New Year resolutions, let us then resolve to make the best use of the time that we have, to grab every opportunity that comes our way. Once the opportunity goes away, that's, there's nothing that we can do. But I would, I'd like to encourage you, and as I encourage myself, and um, to keep a check on myself that I make the best use of the time that God gives us. We saw uh, earlier in Ephesians that in our prior state we were dead in our trespasses. We walked according to the age of this age of this. Sorry, um, yeah, we walked according to the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air. But that's not who we are now. We have Christ living in us. And so Paul says, that's how you ought to live. Now, um, sorry, just give me one minute. Now, Paul says, because the days are evil, don't be foolish, but understand the will of the Lord. In verse um, 17. So, The days are evil and that's why do not be foolish but understand the will of the Lord. Now there are parallels that you can see in the three verses that we have read. In verse 15 he says do not walk as unwise. And in verse 17 he says do not be foolish. In verse 15 he says walk as wise. And in verse 17 he says because, sorry, uh, he says understand the will of the Lord. To be unwise is to be foolish. And to be wise is to understand the will of the Lord. Now, as you scan through the Bible, we find many passages that talk about what the will of the Lord is for our lives. For example, in 1 Thessalonians 4.3, Paul says, For this is the will of God, your sanctification. And later in verse 7, he says, For God has called us for impurity, for God has not called us for impurity, sorry, but in holiness. And in chapter 5 of 1 Thessalonians, he says, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So we see two, two verses which talks about the will of the Lord. One is that uh, it is the will of the Lord that we are sanctified. And second, that we give thanks to God. Now, in many circumstances, the will of the Lord is very clear for us to make decisions. But in many of our day-to-day decisions, the will of the Lord is not in black and white for us to make decisions. And it is the application of these principles that God has set that help us to um, make decisions, right? But what Paul is saying is, do not be foolish, understand the will of the Lord. We 
we read through scripture to see the will of the lord and as we spend time in the word of god and we apply them in our lives god gives us the wisdom and understanding of what god's will is for our lives so then here's a summary of living in wisdom as a believer of jesus christ we are called one to actively watch where we walk how we walk so that we walk as wise and not as unwise we are called to make the best use of the time to grab every opportunity that we have and we are called to understand what the will of the lord is so that we keep ourselves from walking foolishly paul has been talking about various at various aspects of walking in a manner that's worthy of our calling now paul is paul is answering the question of what should drive our life what should be the fuel of such a christian life verse 18 he says do not be drunk with wine for that is debauchery but be filled with the spirit being drunk takes away your control it takes away any restraints that you have from living an immoral life or doing something that is plainly wrong doing something that you wouldn't otherwise do being drunk makes you do all of those things it removes all the restraints that you have you know recently i was um driving near my home late in the night and um i could see a drunk man at in, in the distance he was just the way he was walking i suppose and as i got close uh, i realized that he had a brick in his hand and before i could do anything the brick was you know flying towards the car um thankfully the car wasn't mine but now i'm just kidding uh no thankfully nothing did happen but the point is drunkenness kept the made the man do something that he probably wouldn't otherwise do he had lost faculties of his mind and he had lost control of his faculties and did something that nobody expected there are instances in the old testament also where drunkenness has led to disaster noah was drunk and he acted shamelessly in genesis 9 and then in genesis chapter 9 and 19 lot was drunk and that led to his daughters committing incest with him drunkenness more often than not leads to disaster so paul is saying let drunkenness not be part of your christian living now in contrast to that the second half of verse 18 he says but be filled with the spirit this is the key to christian living we've seen all of the aspects of walking in a manner that's worthy of a calling and without this part without being filled with the spirit none of that is possible being filled with the spirit is key to christian living so paul says don't be drunk with wine but be filled with the spirit of god now we know that when we become a believer when you trust in the lord jesus christ the spirit of god is given to us we saw how Uh, on the day of pentecost all of those who believed in christ received the spirit of god we see later on in acts uh, chapter 10 when cornelius and his family believe in the lord jesus christ the spirit of god is given to them the, the spirit of christ indwells in us as believers so when paul says don't be drunk but be filled with the spirit to believers he's talking about more than just the indwelling of the spirit of god in our lives when we believe the spirit of god indwells in our hearts but when we are fi- being filled with the spirit of god talks about how much influence or control the spirit of god has in governing our lives 
so paul is saying be filled with the spirit um now i have a few illustrations that might help us to understand what being filled with the spirit of god means so being filled with the spirit of god is like a sailboat that moves that is being pushed by the wind at sea you see the 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 sail of the boat gets pushed in the direction of the wind and then the wind directs the boat right so when we are filled with the spirit of god the spirit of god directs our life second being filled with the spirit of god is to be permeated by the spirit of god when you when you put salt or any other masala in the food what does it do it dissolves into the food and gives you a flavor of what you're adding so when you are filled with the spirit of god you are growing in the likeness of god and third the spirit of god being filled with the spirit of god also talks about control you see in jesus in matthew 4:1 um it says then jesus was led by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil jesus was led by the spirit then in acts chapter 6 when there is confusion about who's going to serve uh, certain sections of the people in the church the apostle said this it is not right that we should give up preaching the word of god to serve tables therefore brothers pick out from among you seven men of good repute full of spirit and of wisdom whom we will appoint to this duty jesus and the seven disciples from acts chapter 6 were filled by the spirit they were directed and their lives were they had their, their lives were controlled by the spirit of god it's not the same as a drunk man losing control of his faculties but here we are heeding control to the spirit of god when we are allowing the spirit of god to direct our lives um and we can see from history from the bible as well that those men who have given control to the spirit of god have been mightily used by god for his work one example that i could think of was barnabas this is what is written about barnabas in acts 11 for he was a good man full of the holy spirit and of faith and the little that we know about barnabas is that he was very useful in in encouraging the church and in encouraging individual believers within the church as well so paul says do not be drunk but be filled with the spirit of god and we've um so now we've seen paul asking us to be filled with the spirit but how do we get filled with the spirit of god as a believer the spirit of god indwells in me but how do i then be filled with the spirit of god do i just sit somewhere and wait for the spirit to fill me up no we cannot separate the spirit of god from the word of god so as we sit with the word of god continually reading and studying the word of god god gives us wisdom and the spirit of god fills us up then paul in verse 19 verse 19 onwards he talks about four effects of being filled with the spirit of god and i'll just read that so be filled with the spirit of god addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs singing and making melody to the lord with your heart giving thanks always and for everything to god the father in the name of our lord jesus christ submitting to one another out of reverence for christ so paul talks about the four effects of being filled with the spirit of god the first effect paul says is fellowship be filled with the spirit addressing one another in psalms hymns and spiritual songs now this doesn't mean that you and i speak to each other sing to each other instead of speaking 
right? But he's saying address one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Now, the song that we sung earlier today, Come People of the Risen King. We use songs like that to call on to each other to worship our Lord Jesus Christ. We use psalms to encourage one another, to remind each other of the goodness of God. See the song that we sang earlier today. Come, people of the risen King, who delight to bring Him praise. Come, all, and tune your hearts to sing to the morning star of grace. And in the, and in the chorus we sang, Rejoice, rejoice, let every tongue rejoice. One heart, one voice, O Church of Christ, rejoice. We have fellowship together as believers as we use psalms and songs to worship our Lord. We are able to use psalms and songs to encourage each other and to pull each other up, to build each other up. Psalm 95 one says, Oh come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. We call on each other to worship the Lord. And it's not limited to corporate worship only, but there are many circumstances where... <coughs> Others or we ourselves are going through phases in life where the psalm, um, psalms and spiritual songs help us to be reminded of the goodness of God in our lives. The second effect of being filled with the Spirit of God, Paul says, is worship, is being able to worship God. Singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart. Psalm 98, one verse, uh, verse 1 says, Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. For he has done marvelous things. A spirit-filled Christian is able to sing to the Lord, whether out loud or in silence. It is an authentic praise. It's an overflow of, of the thankfulness that we have for God, for what he has done. It's a celebration of the love that God has shown to us. Now at CBF, we enjoy both. We enjoy the fellowship that we have from singing. And we enjoy the fact that we can worship God through our singing. And all the years that I've been part of this church, I know that I have been, it has been a great source of joy, encouragement, and the ability to worship God through songs and hymns. Right? So Paul is saying the effect of having a spirit-filled life is one, you have uh, fellowship, and two, you've got, you are able to worship God. Three, Paul says, is the ability to give thanks. Giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So many passages in the Bible talk about giving thanks, especially in the Psalms. I've picked two and um, Psalm 95 verse 2 says, Let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. Let us make a joyful noise to him with songs of praise. And Psalm 104 says, Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. We enter his gates and his presence with thanksgiving. His courts we enter with praise. A spirit-filled person is going to thank God. It's the simplest and yet the most, uh, the highest form of praise that we can offer to God. And it's an apt response when we know what God has done for us. Right? When we thank God, we also affirm the sovereign position and the place that he has in our lives. And thanking God also helps us to grumble less because we are acknowledging that God is sovereign over our, over our lives. Now, last week we heard various testimonies and what was common in all of those was that there was thanksgiving for what God has done in their lives. We give thanks in all circumstances. Circumstances are not always easy, but we can give thanks because we know that he is a good God, that he works everything for good for those who love him and are called by him. 
we can give thanks in all circumstances because we know that he is a good god so the third effect of having being a spiritual christian is that we give thanks in all circumstances and at all times to god the father through jesus christ and the last effect paul says is submission submission to one another out of reverence for christ verse 21 it says submitting to one another out of reverence for christ now this particular verse comes at the end of this passage and in some uh, bibles it's the beginning of the next portion which is basically talking about submission in different relationships in marriage um, uh, between parents and children and also in a workplace right so this this verse this verse links the two passages as well so a spirit filled life is one of humility and one of the surest ways you're going to see humility act out is in a christian submitting to one another we submit to christ and out of reverence to christ we also submit to one another now submission is not some is very anti cultural today right and we're going to see that as we look at uh, submission in different relationships over the next few weeks that this is not what the society believes in today or even in that time this is not what the society preaches right we do not like to submit to authority we do not like god appointed roles of headship and submission we 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 call that as something that's old we call that as something that we are supposed to be done with it is very anti cultural uh, the idea of submission is very anti cultural but paul says because you are filled with christ you you're filled with the spirit of god you are able to submit to one another in reverence to jesus christ so um so we've seen the four effects of being filled with the spirit and we also looked at how if we are to be filled with the spirit of god we cannot separate it from being uh, separated from the word of god so i'll i'll close this section by just uh, reminding us of um one verse from galatians 3 where paul says may you be may the word of god dwell in you richly right as we desire to be filled with the spirit of god we ought to be dwelling in the word of god and as we do that god fills us up with his spirit all right so i'm just going to quickly summarize what we have looked so far in uh, verses 15 to 21 first we are called to look carefully at our walk so that we walk as wise and not unwise second we are to make the best use of our time to grab every opportunity that we have because one time is limited and two the days are evil third we are not we are not to be driven by with we are not to be driven uh, sorry uh we are not to be drunk with wine but we are to be filled with the spirit of god the spirit of god is supposed to be the driving force of our life and fourth he says when we are filled with the spirit of god there are four effects one we can have fellowship with one another we have true worship of god we can give thanks in all things and we can submit to one another um i i missed one thing when we are filled so uh, the effects of being filled with the spirit of god ha- affects all of our relationships it affects our relationship with god in that because we are filled with the spirit of god we can worship him 
and we can give him thanks and it affects our relationship with each other because when we are filled with the spirit of god we can have um fellowship and we can submit to one another as well so um a spirit filled christian is going to love god and is going to love each other one another all right so let's um let me close in prayer father we come before you um giving thanks for every because it is from you that every good and perfect gift comes to us we thank you that while we were dead in our trespasses and we were following the prince of this world we deserved wrath um, as those who had gone against you but now we've been overcome with your love and we've been shown the mercy mercy that we did not deserve father we pray that as we continue to live our lives would you help us to walk in a way that is um wise that is in understanding of your will and that is filled with your spirit o lord we pray that um our lives would be distinguished from that of the world that we would live our lives in love of you and the love of your people and that we would um we would dwell in your word continually o lord we thank you once again for this time in your precious name i pray amen